When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 30 The Hut I wake and sit up, aware I'm back at the forest campsite with Boaz. Do horses dream or have nightmares? Because I had a wild one last night. Boaz ignores me. I wasn't expecting a response, but talking out loud helps me stay calm. The thick forest looks and feels impenetrable. After a night's sleep, I'm clear enough to know I need a machete, which I don't have, to clear a path, so I can locate Baba Yaga's actual hut, which, according to Queen Priscina, is somewhere in this forest. Too many hurdles, so it's back to the magic sack. I push my arm all the way up to my shoulder. My fingers brush against a thick carved stick. I pull out an extra long machete. Where has this sack been all my life, and how does it work? I don't ponder long. It takes a lot of sweat and swearing, but I cut away enough brush for Boaz and I to travel deeper into the woods, and at last we reach a well-worn path. I stowed the machete in the bag, hoist myself into the saddle, and we trot through the woods until we come to a felled tree. The tree has a red-stained knot resembling a face with a stuck expression steeped in pain. I remember Queen Priscina's words. Find the felled tree, turn left, and follow the smell. But where's the smell? Then... A big whiff of death and decay crawls up my nostrils. I cover my mouth and nose, but push Boaz forward. We arrive at a clearing and a hut. I rub away the moist burn in my eyes. The hut is identical to the one in my dream, sitting atop a pair of 12-foot blood-stained chicken legs in the middle of a plot of land with a wrought iron fence. Skulls sit atop the fence. Green flames licked the inside of each of the skull's eye sockets. A shiver trickles across my shoulder blades. The weight of the skull's eerie stares follows my dismount and my every step forward. At the rusted gate, I gently push it open, and it groans. The shiver turns to a shudder that ripples over my muscles. There are no visible doors or windows on the hut. I walk around the outside but there's no way to enter. In my dream or vision, Ambrosage did something with his hands, said something, and the doors and windows appeared. I attempt to mimic what he did, wave them in the air, but nothing happens. I pace and search my memory. I remember. I hold my hands high and speak the words confidently. Hut, hut. Stand with your back to the forest and your front to me. I wait. Nothing happens. Then the hut and chicken legs shake, 
casting dirt and dust up in a filthy cloud. The chicken legs spin 180 degrees and lower into the ground, just like in the dream. The air clears, and a door and two windows are now in front of the hut where none were before. The door clicks open. I draw in a harsh breath, rub my palms down the sides of my jeans. I untie Queen Priscina's parcel, the gift for Baba Yaga, pull it snug against my chest, and enter the hut. The door creaks shut, and darkness swallows me. The scent of iron, brimstone, and sulfur overwhelms me. The hut's interior is dim, yet bright enough to see shelves with various sizes of jars, and at the back of the hut, an iron stove encompasses the entire wall. The outline of a distorted, grotesque female shape is stretched on top of the length of the stove, her bosom heavy, and her crooked nose reaches the ceiling. A gnawing fills my gut. The drive to fight overcomes the desire to flee. My hand falls where my sword hilt should be, but isn't. I stare at the shape on top of the stove, and it moves. An instant stream of terror slices through my chest. My ears perk to the sound of lip-smacking. Why didn't I bring weapons? My fingers grip the sack tight. The head turns slowly, slower than a creep crawl. A cold tremor runs down my back like a fast-sliding ice cube. Whoosh! Flames shoot out of a fireplace in the wall to my left. I jump sideways. The flames reach above my head, then die down. But the light lit the room's contents, revealing horrific goriness. A mass of bones with rotting flesh litters the floor, just like in my dream. My inner voice shouts, flee. My guts scream, hurl. My bowels second the motion to evacuate and explode, but my feet won't budge. Then, the woman climbs off the stove, a naked, twisted, hunched-over old crone. I shrink away. Blackened soot and shadows rise from the floor around her and form a blood-red dress. The remaining shadows creep up and make a cobweb-patterned shawl draped around her neck and enormous bosom. A dark red ruby pendant around her neck shimmers. A sudden knowing strikes. The old woman at the quad in New York City had the same pendant. But the old woman at the quad and this woman? Could they be related? Sisters? How would that be possible? A visitor after all this time, the woman says. How did you find my hut? No one finds my hut unless they've been here before. Dread barrels through me, and I stretch out my only weapon. Ma'am? A gift from Queen Priscina. I put the sack on a waist-high table. She breathes in a deep, slow breath. <sighs> Ivan, is that you? Her exhalation turns into a cough. <laughs> you stink of the past, Ivan. She sniffs. And there's a future stink on you, too. Her breath quickens into a rapid-fire hiccup. <gasps> Can it be? The prophecy? 
Come close, Raven. You carry the stench of prophecy and Wendigo about you. Definitely related. That old woman at the quad called me Ivan, too. My heart booms like a drum during the Cherokee stomp dance. Queen Pressina, you say? I haven't heard that name in ages. She's still trying to get on my good side, but it won't work. She ignores the parcel and waggles a shaky finger at me. Tell me how you arrived. You may only find this hut if you've been here before. And what have you done with my sister Baba Yaga? Queen Prasina's words ring in my ears. She appears as a village grand-mère, or one of a trio of sisters of the same name. So this is Baba Yaga's sister, and the old woman is part of the trio of sisters? Or is that four sisters? She creeps closer. My sister slumbers far too long. Come closer so you might share what you did with her. Come closer so I might taste, I mean, see you better. She shuffles, now only a few feet away. You dare remain silent? I have feasted on others for far less. My arms and legs tremble. But I swallow my fear and try out the hospitality card. Ma'am? I'm a long way from home. I've seen your hut in my dreams and visions. Do you have food and drink to offer a weary traveler? She cackles as if she were a Halloween witch. <laughs> you are either brave or foolhardy. Perhaps a little of both. She finishes the gap between us, her enormous feet touching my toes. Been to my hut in your dreams and visions. And now you request sustenance after I threaten to eat you. Do you know who I am, errant traveler? Yes, ma'am. You're Baba Yaga's sister. Am I not even more beautiful than you imagined, Ivan? She moves sideways and preens, kicking up dust, which stirs a cloud of putrid odors. I gag and cover my mouth and nose. Well, ma'am, you're like the death version of Mother Nature. And the truth is, you scare the bejesus out of me. But I need your help because Baba Yaga slumbers by the hand of another, and I have to stop him. The air of frustration hangs around her, thick and dense. What do you seek, Ivan? A blue rose, ma'am. She brings her hands together. Taps her index fingers together, sucks in her cracked lips. And what would you want with such a rare flower? To save your sister Baba Yaga and stop a city from being destroyed. How is this possible? How can you know where she is when I do not? Her tone carries a heap of annoyance. Because I watched a man called Sinti. As a boy, he entered this hut, crafted a concoction and whatever he did cursed him with immortality and caused your sister's century-long nap, leaving her trapped in another dimension. Ha <laughs> ha! This all may be true, Ivan, but the Blue Rose may only be claimed by one who is most worthy. From the moment you enter my hut, you've stunk of Wendigo, and that makes you unworthy. She leans toward me, 
her crypt keeper's breath a warm, putrid mist. A wave of heat and nausea rises from my stomach. Have you consumed any of kilt? She asks. That's disgusting. And I've killed no one. Sweat crowns my forehead, and I fight the urge to wipe. Baba Yaga's sister rips a creaky, breathy hiccup laugh. <laughs> you elude the Vendigo, yet it stalks you. And it's only a matter of time before it catches you to finish the job. Excitement sweeps her face like she just won the lottery. I'm not sure why she's stuck on Wendigos, and I need to remind her of her sister. You should know, that cursed immortal fellow Sinti intends to use the Blue Rose to keep Baba Yaga locked in that other realm forever, and he'll succeed unless I stop him. So why not be a good sister and help me? Why would I help you? Do you know how many have come before you and failed? Her voice is cool-tempered. I don't know why you should help me. I only know you should. I'm stuck here, and all I want is to keep a promise to a friend. Who or what is a Flynn? How do you know that name? I never said Flynn's my best friend. He is no more. She adjusts her shawl over her shoulders. What do you mean he's no more? Flynn is dead? A sudden rage bubbles. A coarse rage I've never known. Ah, yes, dearie. Alive or dead? I cannot say. Only that he is not here among the living. She gestures her arthritic hand around the room. As if there is anything alive in this gross place. My eyes blaze with salty tears. A bitter taste swims in my mouth. My fists clench. Flynn... I don't know how I'll stop Sinti, but I'll make him pay. Ivan, the cost is steep for the prize you seek, for the rose only reveals itself to one worthy and pure of heart, free of sin and fear. Are you sure this is what you seek, no matter the cost? Her sparse gray eyebrows rise into her greasy hairline. Whatever it costs, I say. Even if it means facing your consummate challenge, your greatest fear, your formidable fatal flaw? Yes, whatever it takes. Even if it means facing the Vendigo? Dread rides over my skin, fast and furious, like a bucking saddle bronco able to throw his rider into the dirt. Yes, even if it means facing the Wendigo. The only way to claim the rose is... She saunters across the room, picks up a jar, studies the contents, and puts it back. Frustration blooms in my veins. She's toying with me. Finally, she turns her attention back. You first have to rid yourself of the demon. The Vendigo tethered to your soul. I need to hurry this along. I hate this hut. I hate this woman. I hate her coy games. And if I face this demon, I get the rose? Yes, if you survive. Wicked glee dances in her grin. What's she not telling me? One question. What is it now, Ivan? What exactly is a Wendigo? 
It's been after me a long time, and I'm still not certain. She slaps a hand across her thigh. The Vendigo are evil spirits. Humans who resort to cannibalism. After consuming flesh, Vendigo are left with an insatiable hunger for more flesh. And no matter how much they eat, their hunger never leaves, is never satisfied. Spittle forms around her shrunken lips. Does your Vendigo stalk you, enter your dreams, enter dark spaces you're in? Is it a behemoth beast, antlers on its head? Yes. How did you know? Why is it after me? Someone must have sent it. And its glowing red eyes. Do these eyes paralyze you when you stand? Leave your soul penetrated deep, deep, deep within? She licks those thin, chapped lips. Anything like that, dearie? Yes, all of that. And sometimes the air gets cold, damp, dank, dark, and sometimes it even snows. But how does it keep finding me? I'm determined to find out as much as this old crone knows about my living nightmare. Vendigo traveled through portals powered by time crystals. You must have been exposed to time crystals if a Wendigo haunts you, stalks you, continues to find you. Her matter-of-fact tone brings me clarity. But time crystals? Another puzzle. Wakambi made me use cockatrice eggs to open the portal that sent me here, not time crystals. I'm sure I'd remember being exposed to time crystals. I hate puzzles. She picks a bone from the floor and sucks off some flesh. Vendigo warn you of their attacks, because you can smell them coming. Always the odor of matted hair and rotting flesh. She tosses the now clean bone back on the floor. A Vendigo's sweet smell of death embraces before they strike you, consume you. And it's in the darkness where their power grows greatest. And in confined dark spaces even more so. Makes them ever so bloodthirsty, ever so parched. I know the foul beast that has stalked me all these years. I pull my t-shirt collar down, expose my scars. You mentioned the Wendigo was once human. Can they be saved or killed? There has to be some way to get rid of this haunting creature. A sorcerer or other spiritualist can drive the spirit out, capture and banish it. Or you could appease the spirit and burn fatty blubber. She taps a finger above her sagging bosom. Make sure to melt the heart, because it's made of ice. Lest it returns even more powerful and hell-bent on revenge. Is there any other way to kill them? My muscles go tight. Knowing this is the fight I've been running from my entire life. A fight to kill my Wendigo. A silver-covered blade or silver-covered stake will do. You strike right through their ice-cold heart. She plunges an imaginary dagger into her own chest. And always shatter its heart. Place all the heart pieces in a silver box. And bury them in a church cemetery. Her penetrating stare makes me focus on her words. Otherwise, it shall come back to thank you in the first phase. And after you bury the heart, remember to dismember the body with a silver-plated axe. Add salt and burn what remains. 
I struggle to remember everything she said, which seems both bizarre and extreme. Anything else, ma'am? Oh, yes. You scatter its ashes to the four winds. Her pasty complexion darkens. And forget any one of the steps, and the Vendigo comes back to bring you the slowest demise you can imagine. Great. Do you happen to have a silver-plated axe? Or any of those other items you mentioned? She points to the shelves of jars. There is a container with enough liquid silver to cover two weapons in the box. Use your wits to acquire whatever else you need. I cross over the bones and find a jar labeled silver. I put it in my pocket. And then you will give me the rose? Not quite. She twists her face into a sly smirk. Three tasks shall prove you're worthy. But fail one task, and no rose for you. And I shall feast upon your blood and bones. I rub my stomach, but the nausea there remains stuck. What are these three tasks? All tasks lead to the same cave. She searches the floor. I'm guessing for another gross morsel. And where is this cave? East, past the forest. Travel until you reach a series of hills in front of mountains. She finds a large thigh bone that I hope isn't human. And when I reach the hills in front of mountains... She bites a hunk of meat from the bone and chews and swallows. Hike past the hills and climb the first mountain pass until your limbs can climb no more and you find a cave absent of light. And when I find such a cave? Your first task, enter the cave. She sucks loudly on the bone. Enter the cave. What does that achieve? Face your fear. Conquer your consummate challenge dark spaces create. She flings the bone into a corner. And my second task? She picks meat from between her crooked yellow teeth with a gnarly fingernail. Find and bring back my cat, Lapushka. A cat? You want me to find your cat? My voice is high-pitched and full of incredulity. Yes? If you can't enter the cave or find my cat, the third task is moot. Her tone is filled with, I know you won't succeed. And if you bring Lapushka back, there can be no marks on her body, not one scratch. I sense some trick behind the task. Why did your cat disappear? I was angry at him, so he ran away. But now I need him, and you shall bring him back. She inspects her crud-filled fingernail. And what is the significance of saving your cat? I'm having a hard time believing anything Miss Crone says. You will overcome your formidable fatal flaw. She says this as if every kindergartner would know. Me saving a cat does that? Time travel and games of 20 questions make my head hurt. Do these things... And you are two-thirds of the way to prove your worthy. And what's the third task? Go to the back of the cave to face and squash your greatest fear. You mean face the Wendigo? 
The same Wendigo haunting me since my parents disappeared. The same Wendigo that shows up in any confined space. The same Wendigo that terrorizes my waking hours and my dreams. Yes, dearie. If you come back with my cat and have faced your fear of the Wendigo, the flower is yours. Her sinister smirk unsettles me. Is there anything else I should know before I head out? I'm not sure why I ask. I don't want to waste another second in this place with this woman. She runs her gross gray tongue all around her thin cracked lips, perverse and predator fervor slow. If you don't bring my cat back, I shall feast on your liver, heart, and brains, and add your skull to my fence. Why did I ask? Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 31 Lapushka. Pushka